This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 55, The Power of Binaural Beats for Meditation and Life. For this episode, I sat down with Karen Newell. Karen is the co-founder of Sacred Acoustics and the co-author with Dr. Eben Alexander of the book Living in a Mindful Universe, A Neurosurgeon's Journey to the Heart of Consciousness. As an innovator in the emerging field of brainwave entrainment audio meditations, she empowers others in their journey of self-discovery. As she creates and records binaural beats and other sound patterns, she teaches how to connect to inner guidance, how to achieve inspiration, improve wellness, and develop intuition. As always, I really appreciate your support with this podcast. Get access to even more content, exclusive episodes, tutorials, guided meditation, and much more as you become a premium member. Know that you can make a really big difference even with a small donation to help me cover production costs and simply to help me continue to offer this podcast. So if you'd like to support me in this, please visit patreon.com slash on and off your mat and become our premium or VIP member. As a thank you, you can get access to new exclusive content every month. Okay, ready? Let's get to our episode of today. Hi, Karen. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? It's great to be with you, Erica. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Likewise, glad to be here. Karen, for listeners that don't know you or don't know what Sacred Acoustics is, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your journey co-founding Sacred Acoustics? Yes, yes. Well, Sacred Acoustics is the company I co-founded, and we create brainwave entrainment audio recordings to really help people quiet the mind. And so I first found binaural beat or brainwave entrainment recordings incredibly useful at helping to calm the mind when I was first starting out to meditate because I knew the importance of meditation. I knew all the benefits it could bring and I really wanted to learn how to do it. And yet when I sat down quiet with myself, just watching the breath, I just had all these rambling thoughts racing through my mind. And I thought, eh, I'm just one of those people who can't do it. And what I finally realized was that underlying belief was blocking me, but also I needed more tools. And it was a particular kind of sound that really helped. Sounds like gongs or tuning forks or crystal bowls, brass bowls, those kinds of sounds emit this kind of steady wah, wah, wah kind of sound. Mm -hmm. And embedded in those, as it happens, are these binaural beats. And those are specifically tones that are created to reduce the brain's brainwave state. So when we're in a walking around state, that's known as the beta state. When we're walking and talking, that's the state we want to escape when we're trying to meditate with all those racing thoughts. So we want to reduce down to an alpha or theta or even delta state, which is associated with sleep. And these kinds of tones can sort of, I kind of call them kind of training wheels. They can kind of assist us in reaching those states more easily than, for example, how Tibetan monks need to spend 10,000 hours meditating before they're considered an expert. And here in the West, busy Western world, we all have jobs and we're busy. We can't afford that kind of time. And so this is kind of a little shortcut, a little help to get us into that state. And it really helps to create that foundation for deeper meditative exploration. So you really created as from a need for yourself <laughs> to, yes. help, to help <laughs> yourself with meditation. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I found it to be useful. And then what happened was I met someone, Kevin Cossey. He's the co-founder with me of Sacred Acoustics. He was also using sound to 
try to explore these other realms of consciousness. And uh, so when he found out that I had this vast library of sounds that I had collected, he and I began to work together, sort of dissecting those sounds, figuring out how they were put together. And we began to put them together in new ways that others hadn't done before, just for our own personal use. Mm -hmm. And so it was about a year after what, what, what Kevin and I would do is he was the primary audio engineer. He would create these sounds. We would listen at the same time and then get on the phone and tell each other about our experiences. And this, I got to tell you, was a really fun habit. Yeah, for sounds fun. I'd like to do that. Um, <laughs> yes, experimentation. It, very, it makes meditation much more interesting. And, you know, we kind of go beyond plain old meditation and we kind of call it consciousness exploration because within that meditative or sometimes we call it that hypnagogic state, the state between awake and asleep. This is a state we're all in as we're falling asleep at night or first waking up in the morning when we can kind of remember dream fragments. This kind of state is that border between delta and theta. So right around there can be very useful for sort of reprogramming limiting beliefs finding out what those limiting beliefs mm. are in the first place. Um, sometimes our tones help to kind of trigger emotions that maybe we've suppressed into our energetic systems. And this provides an opportunity to release those emotions and really find out who we are underneath all of our kind of daily roles that we play and uh, our physical bodies. You know, what's beyond that? It's some call it a soul or spirit. We don't mean to get religious, but it's very important for us to realize that there is something beyond our physical bodies that we can connect with. And that's what these sounds can really help us do. Mm -hmm. This is all very fascinating. And I have a lot of questions. So we'll come back to some of the things you said. But just before we dig in a little bit more, for people that don't know very much, can you go over the difference um, in the brain state of delta, theta, and alpha, and what happens in each state, and why we might want to entrain with these or go into these? Yes, of course. So delta is the state that's associated with deep sleep, and that's roughly zero to four hertz. And the hertz is just the cycles per second of electric signal coming out of your brain when an EEG device is connected. And so that's how scientists have discovered that Zero to four hertz um, is associated with deep sleep. Four to roughly seven hertz is associated with that theta state. That's a state that's associated with deep, deep meditation and relaxation. Just up from that is alpha, roughly seven, um, eight to 12 hertz. And alpha is associated with more, uh, you know, focused, concentrated kind of state, not quite incredibly relaxed, but rather relaxed from our normal everyday mm -hmm. state. And then beta, that's 12 to 30 hertz. And that's the state we're in probably right now as we're talking to each other and that we're all in as we're thinking and analyzing and going about our days. And then above 30 hertz is gamma and even other states up beyond that. That's associated with like a runner's high or kind of this, uh, superhuman kind of feeling that people get when they're mm. up above 30 hertz. And we've also found that to be associated with um, healers or mediums who are connecting with these energetic realms to kind of bring healing to people in their physical bodies. And uh, so gamma is up above 30. And we're very interested, like I said, in those lower states, 
mm-hmm. right in the theta and alpha ranges. In fact, some of some people use our Delta recordings just to help get a better night's sleep. So there's a lot of applications. Others use them to just help focus. One thing that is really uh, wonderful of, of late is that a pilot study uh, in a Manhattan psychiatric practice was performed. And this study was just published in February 2020 in the Journal of Nervous and Mental Disease, a peer-reviewed medical journal that found a 26% reduction in anxiety just from listening to these particular recordings for at at least two weeks. So that's rather remarkable. And we are hopeful that getting into these quieter states can really help to bring calmness to people and reduce that anxiety and stress that so many of us are feeling. Mm. Yeah, I love binaural beats. I use them all the time, particularly for focus when I really need to sit at the computer and not be distracted. It really helps me like zone in, especially with the headphones and I have noise canceling too. So like it's double down on the quietness and creating this own little soundscape oasis, right? Surrounding your head, right? (laughs) But then my, the question I always had is like, how does it actually work? Because I know there's one sound in one ear, one sound in the other, I, I think, and then they come together and it creates like that oscillation of a third sound. And is that what is either like four, five, seven, eight, ten yes. hertz? Is that that third sound? Is it exactly? And okay. so how it works is yes, there's one signal in one ear, a slightly slightly different signal in the other. So say a hundred hertz in one ear, a hundred and four hertz in the other ear, and it's that difference between the two, that four hertz in this example, that's the signal that's being sent to your brain. And we believe that it's affecting the lower brainstem, a very primitive part of the brain that has to do with the origins of consciousness and sound as it happens. And so this isn't, what it's doing is is really entraining the brain to this, I don't know how to say it, uh, lower brainwave state in order to put the neocortex sort of into a timeout. The neocortex is the outer surface of the brain. That's where all of our thinking functions are. Mm. That's where that little voice in the head is constantly talking to us. I love how Michael Singer puts it. Uh, He, he, in his book, The Untethered Soul, he calls it the annoying roommate. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I have to say, when I sit down to meditate and hear that voice, it's, it's hard to turn it off. And so by affecting that lower brainstem, we're in effect putting the neocortex into a timeout, that thinking part of the brain. Can you explain how having music in our ears actually affect the brain? Like, how does it transfer from your ears to changing the vibration in your brain? I think that's totally fascinating. It's, uh, you know, it's not like we can explain the exact Mm. mechanism, the exact how it works. But the best way to really understand how it works is to try it for yourself and Mm. feel how it's affecting you. Everyone has different reactions. And so not everyone will have the same initial reactions. Some will start to feel calm when they listen. Some will start to feel a little anxious. And in that case, I feel we're actually triggering anxiety that's already in the system that you may not really want to, you know, get to in a normal time, but it's very useful to start releasing that. But some people will start to notice vibrations in their body or little twitches. Um, Others notice this, uh, you know, that their visions increase. So maybe they start to see colors or images that they didn't see before when they meditated. 
And so how it precisely is working, again, is re- we believe is related to that lower brainstem, but it's not known for certain exactly mm. how it works. And the uh, experiments continue. I believe that it's not as easy to determine because we are also unique. I've, I've learned recently that our brain waves can actually be used as fingerprints. That's how different they are from one individual to another. Really? So even when they, yes. So even when they do studies, they can't really know for certain, mm. you know, everyone who has this sort of brain is affected this way. And I believe it also has to do with the person's belief system, their level of experience and understanding with meditation in general, and their openness to spiritual type of concepts like, um, you know, the idea of out-of-body experiences, the idea that your energy could move away from your physical body in some instances, and of course, very safely return. But some of this is uh, fascinating and intriguing to people, and sometimes it's a little frightening to people. Mm -hmm. So there's a wide range kind of of expectations and effects that can happen. But how it actually works, we're still trying to determine that. Wow. And so were you saying that if someone is feeling some anxiety with the sound that they should kind of continue anyway and it will go away over time, like it's it will help them release that anxiety? Or if they're feeling uncomfortable with the sound, should they stop it and try a different vibration? This is, hertz? Yeah, this is, this is a very good question. And it, it, it really depends on the individual. Mm. So some people, when they're feeling anxiety and they, um, you know, feel that arise. It, it's very, very calming. Others might be triggering suppressed emotional traumas that happened, you know, 20 years ago, and, mm. and it might be a little more frightening. And so it really just depends on the individual and their ability to manage their own energetic field. That p- pilot study in Manhattan, they found that the highest level of anxiety reduction was in those who listened to the recordings and were also in therapy. So in some cases, that may be uh, necessary, but it, we, we invite people to, to try our free download and see what happens. And uh, some will have found that when they continue to listen, even though they feel anxiety, that that anxiety reduces exactly as you said, whereas others may need a little bit of support especially if this is new to them and their levels of anxiety go rather deep. Mm, Okay. There's also different types of sound that we have available. So some are more gentle than others. Our free download that's available by entering your email at sacredacoustics.com sometimes is too powerful for some. And so I'll recommend others that are more gentle. So it's kind of, we all kind of need to use a little trial and error. We have one minute samples of all the recordings, but we all need to use a little trial and error really with any spiritual type of um, experiences and techniques. We all need to find what works best for us Mm -hmm. because we're all very unique. And this is very similar to the way you build it. So you, um, you are going back and forth with the audio engineer, creating stuff, testing it. How was that process? How was he able to decide what he was going to put in? Or was it going to be a fork? Or was it going to be a bowl, this one? Was it going to be a gong? Like, how do you make those choices? How how do you come up and create that? Well, a lot of it is how a musician would do it. A lot of it comes as creative inspiration. And that's another benefit of our recordings. When you can get into that hypnagogic state, it's a beautiful time to kind of be open to inspiration if you're 
working on a particular problem. And so that was a very added benefit of opening up those creative channels. But we also, it's trial and error. Um, many of our earliest recordings were actually produced to my particular taste because I was the only other listener. I was just supply. going to say, like, it's based on you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so in my particular instance, I, I happen to, when I've done the EEG studies of my brain, I don't have as much delta as other people have in their brains. And mm. it speaks to the fact that I'm a rather light sleeper. And so I always wanted more delta in our recordings in order to get into those lower states. But as we started letting other people listen to them, we realized, oh my gosh, this is just making a lot of people fall asleep. And so we, that's why we have created a wide variety with different combinations of the different tones that to allow people to find the one that, that fits them the best, because some will find, you know, cosmic womb is just, oh my gosh, it, it's the, the bomb. And then someone else might not find it so useful and wants primordial mind, you know, so they're all a little bit different. And that, that's been very fun. The, the actual inspiration for the um, really topics and subjects of each of the recordings come from definitely come from inspiration that we just have in our daily lives. And so interesting that Kevin and I seem to be connected in mysterious ways. So sometimes I will, you know, be thinking about, oh, let's do a recording where we can travel with our awareness through different periods of time. And right at that moment, Kevin texted me and said, I just got a download. We should do a time travel. So, you know, when we were both thinking of these things at the same time, even though we were physically apart, he lives in New York City and I've lived in uh, Maryland and Virginia mm -hmm. over this whole time that we've known each other and we're rarely together. Yeah. And yet our minds are connected somehow. So that's really interesting. Um, I wanted to come back to something you said when you were talking about the different brain states and the gamma state particularly. You talked about how people that, let's say, are medium might connect more into that state. Do you know if there's any link as well with like drugs like psychedelics drugs, which are fairly popular right now to explore consciousness? Do you know if they change your brain waves in that way that bring you towards gamma or am I like making this up? <laughs> You're not making it up. In fact, there have been a lot of studies of late on psychedelic drugs, especially out of the Imperial College of London. They've done quite a number. Um, and there are also studies going on here in the U.S. at Johns Hopkins and at, I believe, NYU using psilocybin, LSD, and uh -huh. DMT, all of these different substances. What they found, especially out of the Imperial College in London, is that these these substances seem to uh, quiet the brain. Very interestingly, the assumption was that the brain would light up with all of these so-called hallucinations that people have under the influence of these substances. But what they found is that the very important junction parts of the brain that connect all the other parts of the brain actually go dark. They are quiet. And so we theorize, we theorize that the psychedelics are working similarly to these binaural beat entrainment recordings in that they quiet the brain, allowing us to sort of move beyond the veil, the filtering function of the brain to access these other parts of us that are not normally available in our everyday lives. And so substances are absolutely uh, related to what we're speaking of. And, uh, 
However, we must always recommend that uh, these substances not be used recreationally and that they be used in a very responsible way, especially if your goal is spiritual development, because Mm -hmm. substances can often have such a big splash and they can be very distracting from your goal. And so we find that the tones, many people who have used these types of substances tell us that our tones get them to those same types of levels without all of the physical kind of, Mm -hmm. I would say, side effects that often come with using such substances. And I have tried them myself. I know the difference. And my preference is absolutely to use the sound because you can manage it in a much better way. But we're all going to be unique in our Mm -hmm. way of approaching Mm -hmm. this. Is there any research done on using both at the same time, like how they would work together? Well, we we have done a little uh, little bit of that, and sometimes it is helpful, and sometimes it is not. And mm. so, it, it, these aren't like uh, you know well done, you know, replicated studies enough to make any firm conclusions. But in our own sort of trial and error, we find that um, sometimes binaural beats completely interfere with the experience of a substance, and other times. Um, it's supportive. So it it just depends. But music in general can be helpful in, uh, you know, very often with ceremonial types of psychedelic uh, experiences, there's drumming and and chanting. And that, of course, is a little bit different from what we're talking about with the binaural beat. Okay. So we talked a little bit about why using this technology. You talked about getting deeper in meditation, but you also talked about affecting our beliefs and our consciousness. And I'd like to come back to that because I don't really understand how it can go. Like I can understand that it might help you really be quieter in meditation, but that extra step of like seeing your belief, understanding your belief, changing them or exploring different level of consciousness is a little bit more muddy for me. So can you go into that a little bit more? and explain how that might happen. Okay, well, in our secular world, in the Western secular world, the predominant scientific viewpoint that seems to affect all of our societal uh, structures, education, science, and so on, um, is that the material world is all that exists and that there is nothing else beyond the physical world. And very many scientists believe this because it can't be measured. If it can't be measured, it's not real is Mm -hmm. their standpoint. And so that leaves a lot of us very confused who have had kind of mystical experiences. And the explanation of science is to tell, of of materialist science, is to tell us that those are illusions and hallucinations. Mm. And so it is very interesting when you find that psychedelic substances are not revealing hallucinations in the brain at all. And so science is catching up. But it's that underlying belief that even allows us to interpret such evidence in different ways. And so what we really are trying to explain to people is that you can talk about these issues all you want. Material is all that exists. Yes, there's spirit. We can argue about that all we want. But there's another solution, and that is to find out for yourself Mm -hmm. what these kinds of experiences can feel like. And so for some, yes. It is just, let's deal with our mental health issues and get better sleep. Others are very interested in generating mystical experience. And that was definitely one of my goals when I set out to do all of this. Mm -hmm. And so I found that listening to these kinds of recordings 
helped me to develop, for example, remote viewing skills. And that's a form of telepathic communication where when I could get quiet in myself, I could use certain techniques to receive information and then validate that that information was correct. When you start to experience such things as telepathy that's validated right then and there, you start to open your mind to the idea that Mm -hmm. there is more to us than the physical realm and our physical bodies. And that's where people start to get into, you know, out-of-body experiences, lucid dreaming, kundalini awakenings. Many people use our recordings in conjunction with other techniques to achieve all of those things. Mm -hmm. And so these are available for those who are interested. Again, um, it's uh, sometimes intimidating or frightening to some. And so I want to be careful to say that it really isn't going to happen unbidden. Um, Very often, uh, kundalini awakenings for example, which involves a a sort of a coil of energy that starts to rise from the base of your spine. Um, This this can be achieved through all kinds of other types of meditative techniques, and our recordings have helped support that. Along with um, out-of-body experiences, lucid dreaming, it's our intention and our desire to have these experiences that makes them happen. It's very rare although it occasionally happens where someone suddenly finds themselves having an out-of-body experience without realizing, you know, what's going on. Usually it involves a lot of intention. Mm. And I will tell you that at least one person has told me that when they first started listening to our recordings, they had an out-of-body experience. And then they were so excited about it and they wanted it to happen again. Their very excitement and expectation made it so that it wasn't so easy to achieve again. And so it it really all is dependent on the individual listener and their particular goals. It seems like there could be so many different goals and so many different expectations of these. So you talked about sleep, focus. Um, You talked about mental health, like anxiety particularly. Can you Uh address or try to address depression or other, what kind of other mental states can we address with that? Well, the only one that we studied in an, in an actual quantitative way was the levels of anxiety. Yeah. We've had many, many anecdotal reports and they, many of them are posted on our website in the testimonial area. But we have had people with depression who say when they listen over, over a period of time that they start to feel lighter, that they start yeah. to feel better. Um, we've had people with other kinds of disorders related to um, like antisocial behaviors and being nervous around other people. And, and when they listen to these recordings, it calms them and it brings them confidence. And so we've just actually completed, I've completed with um, Dr. Eben Alexander and Dr. Anna Yusum. She's the Manhattan psychiatrist who performed this pilot study. We've just launched a spirituality and mental health practitioner mm-hmm. training course because in our medical world, uh, the spiritual elements aren't necessarily a part of people's uh, treatment plans. And so spirituality to us just means our ability to connect with that something greater, our ability to know that as humans, we are all connected you know, into one consciousness that we can all access. And so these kinds of spiritual concepts as they get into our medical world will start to help the medical professionals learn more exactly about how they can be applied and all the many people that they have potential to help. 
Wow. Um, does it claim also to help like physical ailment? Like I know that some sound healing technology will say, oh, you have a shoulder injury, it could help. But what's your opinion on the physical material part of her body? Well, you know, I have trouble sometimes when um, particular claims are made that, oh, if you listen to, I'm just going to, this is random, you know, 475 hertz will cure your shoulder, you know, yeah. as you or say. Or your and liver are, or your, yeah. Yes. There are those claims. We have not studied those claims. That is not our approach. Our approach is more related to the idea that meditation has been proven to reduce stress increase immunity, and many, many other physical benefits. And so these recordings act as a form of meditation that will help in that fashion. One particular physical ailment that we have received reports on, and I believe there is the beginnings of a pilot study going on to study this somewhere in uh, Colorado, I think. Uh, but people have reduced chronic pain by listening to our recordings. Now, mm -hmm. I won't say, I, I really hesitate to come off sounding like a snake oil salesman, but the way it works, the, the principle is always the same. When people are helped with reducing their pain, what they're doing is they're identifying more with that non-physical part of themselves. They go deep into meditation and identify with that energetic part of themselves. And during that time of listening, the pain is reduced because their awareness is no longer focused on it. Others find, I know that one person has listened to one of our recordings all through the day while he goes about his business on very low volume, and it helps him manage his chronic neuropathy. And so, yes, some people have done this, but I, I don't believe that the sound is affecting the physical body. I believe this sound is affecting the mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of someone, which then in turn mm. can serve in some cases to affect physical symptoms. So that's how I would uh, explain yeah. it. Which makes a little bit more sense to me as well. Yeah. Um, so we've been talking mostly about binaural beats, but I know there's more than that, right? There's manual beats, or I think I saw isochromic, which I don't know what those are, tones. Well, so yeah, how, I how all the sound patterns come together or how are they Yes. Different? Well, thank you for asking. Isochronic tones are like a drum beat. So oh, okay. a beat that happens over and over. A monaural beat is a constant sound. So there are two different so things. Like and, kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. So you have the one sound in one ear, the one in the other creates the binaural. But if you have the same 100 hertz in both ears, you're just hearing a constant sound. And so... There are many ways that people have produced binaural beats, and we know that from analyzing all of these different uh, producers of them. And as we were, you know, innovating our way through this, we discovered that combining monaural beats with binaural beats created this more holographic effect, where mm. when you listened, you felt like you were surrounded by the sound instead of just hearing it on both sides of the head. And so... This particular way of combining the monaural and binaurals has to do with, you know, the volumes in each ear and how, you know, the proportion of them are, are distributed. And the other aspect of this is actually we call, that's why we call our binaural beats neural helix. We call them neural helix as opposed to binaural beats because we include these other types of sounds. So I'm glad you asked that. And many people find that that type of technique serves them better. 
They say that our sounds are stronger and more powerful and some people don't want stronger and more powerful. So again, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll, people will find something for, there's something for everyone out there, but the way that we combine our frequencies, we believe is also unique to other uh, producers of, of these types of recordings because every single sound, all the different frequencies we select are all harmonic to each other. And when we, when we began to do that early in our process, we found that we were then able to reduce some other masking sound effects, such as rain sounds or surf, or um, sometimes it's just pink noise or white noise, uh, that shh kind of mm. sound you hear on the, uh, you know, when nothing's happening. Those kinds of sounds are often added to binaural beat recordings to reduce the kind of, uh, kind of, uh, obnoxious effect sometimes of just hearing this constant digital frequencies in your brain. And we found that when we started to combine them with only harmonic principles, that's when we were able to reduce those masking sounds. And so our binaural beats sound less like digital obnoxious frequencies and more like musical compositions. And people have found them to be easier to listen to. And so this is another thing that makes our sacred acoustics recordings a little more unique from other producers. Yeah, and it's more and more popular, so you'll find more and more out there. How do you know of the quality of it? Is it just you have to listen and see how you feel, or is there some way to know, like, oh, this is there is more white noise in this? Like, there's some things you can look for to know the quality of a well, recording? One thing to be aware of is that many people listen to these through YouTube and YouTube videos are not able to uh, have the highest quality of sound that's available. So in MP3 format, that's 320 uh, kbps and um, YouTube only goes up to like 192, I think. And so you're losing some of the quality there. That's not to say that people don't benefit from these YouTube binaural beat recordings, but very often there's other soothing music in the background that may also be playing an effect. I also know that there's uh, many apps out there where you can build your own binaural beats. You can say, give mm -hmm. me 400 hertz with a little rain. And uh, I encourage people to try that and then try ours and see the difference, feel the difference, hear the difference. Okay. You may hear, feel, see a difference and you may not, but this is how we can learn because each of us is unique. Now, also some people have a level of hearing loss. That's another common question. And they wonder, can these recordings mm. still work for them? And I will tell you that that also depends on the individual. We feel the vibrations of the sound are still, if you're wearing headphones, are still reaching that uh, lower brainstem. However, some may feel the effects more strongly than others. And so some may need to listen with their hearing aids. Some may need to listen without their hearing aids. And so again, it's a process of trial and error. And that's why we offer that free recording. So people can just find out for themselves yeah. without having to to spend money. And can you explain why the headphones are so important and not just playing it on your surround system at home? Well, the, the, the binaural beats themselves make headphones rather important so that you can actually hear the signal coming from each ear to create the fullest effect. Now, I will say that very high quality surround systems that have that true left-right differentiation 
are really awesome. So if you have that high-end sound system that delivers that kind of uh, stereo experience, and that means true left-right differentiation, and you can, you know, put your armchair right between. Yeah, you can't move. <laughs> yes, that would be fabulous. And also, when we do live events, we play these recordings over speakers. Mm. Now, <clears throat> it's the monorail beats that we include that help to still create an effect for people using speakers. And of course, when you're in a group, that also increases the effects. People still seem to have an effect when they listen over speakers. But I will caution you, many modern speaker systems, especially these Bluetooth one speaker systems, they are not giving you a binaural beat. They're combining the two signals. I even know my little Bose sound brick, which I just love, combines the bass. So you're not getting the full binaural beat effect. So that's why headphones are really the way to go because then you don't need to worry about what your speaker system is offering. Some practitioners will set up, say, massage or acupuncture. They'll set up two speakers on either side of their massage tables and play these sounds to good effect as well. In fact, we have a couple acupuncturists who work with children, children who have attempted suicide but failed. So they're still here. They're still in, they're in therapy now trying to heal. And so these two acupuncturists in two different states actually have found that when they play our uh, particular sacred acoustics recordings while their children are getting treated, they end up saying things like, oh my gosh, I feel so connected to something greater. If I had felt this way before, I never would have tried to kill myself. Now I understand my place in this world. And that is so heartening to hear. And these practitioners had played other music other brainwave entrainment music, but it was ours that made that difference for some reason. And so again, it may not be the case for everyone, but these are reports that we've heard. Mm -hmm. Do you ever use cymatics as well or only audio? Well, cymatics is the visual, right? Mm -hmm. So that's where if you play a particular frequency on a big giant speaker and put like a pizza pie plate on it with a bunch of sand, the, the image will actually uh, change into a usually a beautiful geometric pattern. Yeah. But what what we were we are very fascinated with cymatics and their effect on the phys, on the physical substances. But what we discovered is that the geometric pattern will be different depending on the substance and the particular uh, plate that you're using. So if it's salt versus sand, or if it's uh, you know, a particular kind of metal versus, you know, aluminum versus foil. I don't know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, aluminum versus tin. Mm. Those actually, it changes. So it's not consistent. So, so a 400 hertz frequency is not always going to give you a consistent pattern. It will depend on the physical substance it's affecting. But that even speaks to why the sounds affect our physical bodies in different ways. Totally. Because we're all slightly different. Yeah. Not just our brain waves, but our physical makeup. Just slightly different from yeah. one to the next. If we next. think of mass, water, you know, bone density, all of those things are going to affect how the vibration comes Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Very cool. Um, does a visual, like, I know sometimes I've seen, like, I don't know if they're made up of cymatics, but like you can watch like this, the sound move. <laughs> I don't really know how yes, to say that, yes, I, but yeah. um, does that add something to the experience of audio or is closing your eyes and turning inward as a 
different or better impact? Visual effects, again, are dependent on the individual. And so I absolutely love to watch swirling geometric patterns and I can get into sort of a and, and, and altered states of sorts, yeah. but not necessarily the same kind of altered state I would get with my eyes closed, going deep and removing all physical stimuli. Now there's also, speaking of visual, there are spe- uh, specialized lights out there. I don't know if you're uh, familiar with like Pandora Star or Lucia Light. No. These are lights these are lights that are available, um, and you and I've tried them, um, and and they flash different patterns, you know, over your eyes while your eyes are closed. And these are also supposed to assist with the tra- in training the brain, reducing you know brain levels to the lower states, and allowing us to escape our you know here and now uh, sort of awareness. But for me. They didn't work that way. Mm. It did not work for me really at all. And uh, so that's, again, why we're, we're all unique. I've heard others who say that the light was absolutely their key for reaching these states. And so visuals can work mm. in some cases, but we feel that visual keeps us in that neocortex. You need uh, the neo part of the, you know, the outer surface of the brain that, oh, that's okay. our, you know, that really gets in our way uh, from all of this that's still active. And so again, for some it works and for others, it does not. Hmm. That's super interesting. We talked about how headphones are important. Is there other tips or tricks that you can give to make the most of the recordings? Well, we do have one other uh, suggestion that many meditation teachers would never suggest. And that is that you lie down when you listen. And this is so that the body can become very profoundly relaxed. Now, we we do not insist that this is the only way to listen. Many people listen sitting up because that's what they're accustomed to. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you're listening to these recordings and you simply fall asleep and that's not your goal, then you might want to experiment with a reclined or upright position. But laying down, um, you know, you're in the uh, yoga world and it's kind of like the Shavasana position mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where at the end of your routine or in between activities, you lay back with your palms face up and, and just spread the arms and legs gently and just relax everything in your body. So it's kind of like a Shavasana for uh, yoga people. In fact, we do have one product that is uh, designed for yoga nidra practice practice. And yoga nidra is exactly that, getting Mm -hmm. into that shavasana position and a very specific type of guided meditation that sort of moves you from awareness of the left side of the body to the right side of the body. And it was when we were delivering a workshop and describing how these binaural beats work that a yoga nidra practitioner was in our audience. And she explained to me that that's what exactly what yoga nidra is designed to do. It's considered divine sleep. And so we partnered together to create a yoga nidra script with um, our tones. And that one is called Divine Love, available on our website. For those interested in yoga nidra, we have a 20-minute practice and a 40-minute practice all on one, uh, one, all on one set. So awesome. that's, that's how it's related to yoga. So one last question before we wrap it up. Um, how can we use this technology in time of crisis? Obviously, we've talked about relaxation, anxiety, and we are 
in or finishing, depending on when this is airing, our shelter time and coronavirus um, adventure. I don't know. I'm going to put it like that for now. Um, So no matter, it doesn't have to be precise to this, but when everything around you is feels chaotic or you feel like you're in a moment of crisis, you're going through divorce, you're going through, you know, there's so many crises we experience, loss and death in our lives. So how can we use this with that precise intention of moving through emotionally or dealing with what is happening in our lives? Well, one thing I would recommend is whether you're in crisis or not, some type of meditation, some type of contemplative practice some type of going within habit can be very useful to prepare you for crisis. So I guarantee you, speaking of the coronavirus uh, that that we've been, you know, the the globe has been dealing with of late, um, many people who have such a meditative practice are having an easier time dealing with such anxieties. Mm -hmm. Now, for those of you who this is all new and, uh, you know, this is, Oh my gosh, what can I do? We have we do have specific recordings available for exactly this. Mm. The recordings that were used in that pilot study in Manhattan along with the listening protocols are available on our website. And in case people are still uh you know enduring the the coronavirus crisis, we have our whole mind bundle available for just $19 or completely free. For those in economic uncertainty, we don't want there to be a barrier for anyone. So for those who can pay, um, we've reduced the price significantly and and that helps us to provide for those who cannot. And so many, many hundreds, possibly thousands have taken advantage of that. And these are recordings that you can listen to immediately. And many people find that just listening right away helps to calm them in that moment. And so since our belief is that all of our minds are connected ultimately as one mind, as each of us takes the time to do this, we are contributing to the whole mind that connects us all. And so my gratitude goes out to anyone who finds any method to quiet the mind, to reduce anxiety. And our recordings are there for those who find them useful. And if they, if they are not useful, we trust that you will find another method for finding that quiet space inside. We truly are a global community. Mm. And as each of us finds a way to connect with that spiritual realm, we start to feel that connection. And when our individual consciousness is calm, we are actually helping to, uh, you know, helping others to be calm, whether they realize it or not. That's just Mm. how this works. That's great. Okay, that was so fascinating. Anything else you want to add before we finish? If there's one takeaway you'd like listeners to leave with, what would that be? Well, for anyone curious, please go to our website, sacredacoustics.com to find out all of this information. There's a series of free training videos where I explain what to expect, how to listen, common challenges. And so all of this is available for anyone, regardless of your budget and your time. All you need is a is, is earbuds or something to listen to them. And uh, it really is an honor to be speaking with you today because I appreciate anyone who takes time to talk with people about these kinds of issues and shares that with other people. And so all of us 
everyone can serve to pay it forward by doing things like that and also just taking time to quiet the mind and find that inner peace. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. That was very interesting. I'm very glad you took the time. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you listen. And if you wanted to continue, don't forget to visit patreon.com slash on and off your mat to donate or become a VIP member and get your hands on all our exclusive content. Now check out the show notes to find more info about our guests of today, Karen Newell and Sacred Acoustics, or my top five biggest takeaways from this fascinating episode. Before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to Alexander Saba, working in the background, creating the music, editing, and mastering this podcast. Once again, guys, thank you for listening. Until next time.